0: Hi, this is Jimmy Evans with Marriage Today. This podcast is dedicated to equipping families with the teaching and tools they need to succeed. We hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more marriage building content. If we're going to have intimacy in our marriages, we're going to have to deal with this issue of anger. Anger is inevitable and it's normal, it's just a normal response. There's, there's not something wrong with you because you have anger, God gets angry. You will never be so spiritual that you don't get angry. No one gets to that level. Not even Jesus Christ. Jesus began and ended his ministry by being angry and cleansing the temple. And so God gets mad. We get mad. We just have to get to a point that we understand we get mad. But it's toxic. Anger, anger, today's anger is manageable. There's nothing wrong with it. Yesterday's anger is a very dangerous thing and it's toxic and anger is the most destructive force in marriage, period. It is the most destructive. That's why we have to be so respectful of how we get anger out of our relationship. Now, great marriages have anger. Karen and I get angry at each other. That's not the issue, that's that's just the way it is. But we know how to get it out. Early in our relationship when we almost divorced, we had, bought, we had aged anger in our marriage that was there for years. And because of that, we couldn't talk about many things. We fought all the time. We had a cycle that we would go for a month or two and then have a huge blow up and then make up and go for another month or two. And by the time that the Lord began to heal our relationship, we were numb we had fought so much. That's a dangerous way to live in a marriage. This is Ephesians 4, two texts. In Ephesians 4, first of all, verses 26 and 27, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. The other text begins in verse 31 Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another. Just as God in Christ forgave you. And so that's the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 4 telling us about anger and all the ramifications. We have an ethic in our home, and that is we speak truth lovingly, respectfully, we speak truth. And if there's something going on in this home, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it respectfully. We're going to talk about, here's what we're going to do: we're going to let anger in, and we're going to let anger out. Here's what long-term anger does. Uh, in your relationship. First of all, it de- destroys feelings of intimacy, passion and optimism. Now they came to Jesus and they were asking Jesus about divorce and Jesus said it's because of the hardness of your hearts that you divorce each other. Okay, har- hardness of your heart. Well, how do how do people go from being passionately in love in front of a preacher to being vicious and contemptuous in front of a judge? One drop of unresolved anger at a time. Anger destroys the garden of your love. And you see this beautiful, passionate garden of your love. It's just, it smells good. It looks good. There's such optimism. You're dreaming of, of, of this wonderful life together. But you go to bed every day, another drop of anger, another drop of anger. And you wake up one day and your heart becomes hardened. how it becomes hardened it's just one drop of unresolved anger the other thing that unresolved anger does is it creates a habit pattern for us and an iniquity for our children but parents have the most profound influence upon their children and one of the things that we need to do um, in raising our children is to let them see us resolving conflict righteously Um, Judith Wallerstein wrote a book called The Unexpected Legacy of Divorce, and she was talking about uh, divorced people and the children of divorce, and when people have been through a divorce, they're more fearful of anger because it, they, they see anger as a potential of ending this marriage. Children of divorce are also more fearful of, angry, of anger, and they don't know how to deal with it as much. The, the most powerful thing is, I know that many of you watching, many of you here have been divorced. The issue is, it's not a curse that has to happen. The issue is, we need to find a better way of dealing with anger. Because anger can be processed, but if it isn't processed, that's when we need to be concerned about it. Uh, I, was, uh, uh, I was talking earlier about, I was an intimidator. I did two things with Karen that were so unhealthy when I became angry. And the first is verbal. I would lash out at her verbally and those kinds of things. The second thing is I would stop talking for days. I just, basically, you know I'm mad when I'm quiet, okay? And so when I got really angry, I just, we'd go for three or four days without talking. So unhealthy, so dysfunctional, and I don't want to pass that on to my children, and I thank God that my kids were little, you know, when we started dealing with some of the bigger issues of our marriage. But understand you're the most profound example that your children have. And the way that you deal with anger is probably the way they're going to deal with anger. Throwing things, cussing, slamming doors, or sitting down, praying, talking, and having a rational conversation. Unresolved anger builds an intensity for future ventilation. What we can talk about easily today is going to be a knockdown, drag out fight a month from now. It builds in intensity, and it opens the door for the devil. It says, be angry, don't sin, don't let the sun go down your anger. You'll give a, a foothold to Diabolos. First of all, the devil, the devil is a deceiver, Okay, uh, the ultimate deceiver. Here's what the devil does that's so insidious. He wants to convince you that wrong behavior will bring a right result. You can threaten divorce, you can cuss, you can yell, you can, you know, leave, you can do all this and that, and it's gonna shake your spouse into doing the right thing and fix your problems. It it doesn't. Doing the wrong thing brings wrong results. The second thing is he tries to convince you that doing the right thing won't work. In marriage counseling over the years, because I'm a biblical marriage counselor. When people come to me for help, I, I give them biblical answers, you know, things that the Bible says. I can't tell you how many people have said to me, Jimmy, you just don't understand my circumstances. That might work for others, but it just won't work for me. And, and basically what they're saying is the word of God will, is not powerful enough for my circumstances. And even though God promises this, I don't believe that that promise would be coming true for me because I accidentally married the devil. <laughs> You know, and I mean, I know that that verse is true for most people, but I accidentally married the devil's ex-wife and I just, so, um, the devil is a deceiver. He's also an accuser. He accuses your spouse of evil motives. Okay. I want to say something to you. I want you to listen to what I'm about to say. Now, this is, this is important. If you've gone to bed on anger at anybody, you've been counseled by the devil and you don't even know it. The word devil is diabolos, it means accuser, slanderer. When you go, fresh anger is fine. I still love you, you're the love of my life, everything's great. But when you go to bed on anger and you wake up, there's thinking that you have now that you didn't have yesterday. And I don't know about you. Maybe I made a mistake. Maybe you're not the right one for me. The devil will accuse your spouse of evil motives. He will accuse them of being the wrong person for you and he will accuse them of future actions they haven't even committed yet. It says, God has not given us a spirit of fear but of love, power, and a sound mind. Fear is a prophet spirit from hell to give you a negative report about the future that will cause you to make a fear-based decision that God will not honor. So you're fighting, you're laying in bed back to back, not breathing, because you don't want to give your spouse the benefit of the fact you're alive. And you're fighting, and all these thoughts go racing through your head. Right? And the movie starts playing out. Tomorrow I'm going to wake up, and I'm going to do this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and they're going to do this, and this, and this, and this, and this. And the movie starts playing out. Guess who is in control of that movie? diabolos you when you went to bet on that anger you opened a door for diabolos and he comes see what makes the devil dangerous is stealth he doesn't come as the devil it would be so much more convenient if the devil came to us and said uh, i'm uh, you know satan h devil and uh, i would just like to go ahead and come in destroy your life if i could and we slammed the door and say get out of here devil wouldn't that be easier but he slithers in like a serpent. That's why he took the form of a serpent in the garden because you don't notice serpents. You're dead before you know it. They blend into the environment. Satan's perfect disguise is you and his perfect disguise is your voice. We have to learn to take our thoughts captive and to discern the voice of the devil. And when voices come into our minds accusing God, accusing our spouse... Telling us lies that don't agree with the word of God, we have to take those thoughts captive and kick them out. But when you go to bed on anger, you have invited the devil in. We were never designed by God to be a repository for anger. Anger, we are designed by God for anger to come in and out, never for it to stay. That's why the Bible is so insistent on forgiveness. Forgiveness. That We we can't endure it. It damages us on every level. So anger comes in and it goes and everything's great. Nothing's been damaged. When anger comes and stays, it is more corrosive than anything we can possibly imagine. And with that anger isn't just an emotion, it's a whole system of thoughts. And you find a person who's been angry all of their lives, they have so many toxic thoughts, it's unbelievable.
1: Hey, thanks for joining us today. We are Dave and Ashley Willis with Marriage Today, and we're continuing the conversation about how to overcome anger in marriage and specifically how to resolve conflict in marriage in a healthy way. And this is so huge. This can be the difference maker between a healthy, thriving marriage and a divorce, how we handle this issue of anger and criticism and resolving conflict in a healthy way. So, sweetie, what are some things that we can learn?
2: Well I think you know, if we're going to criticize our spouse, we need to do it in a constructive way. And what I mean by criticize, I know that's kind of a negative word, is there's there are times when maybe our spouse is handling something in the wrong way. And so we obviously we need to address that, but the way we address that is everything. So we need to come to them by first encouraging something they're doing right. because yeah. I think when we lead with an encouragement or even just saying an affirmation, you know, saying like you are so great at XYZ, whatever it is, and say, you know, I really appreciate you leading with gratefulness as well and saying, I appreciate that you do this. But every time you do this one thing, you know, I feel like it's really leading our marriage into kind of a, in a bad way. So we need to be really honest with them, but really lead with encouragement and gratefulness. And then when we tell them that thing that is wrong or that they're doing wrong, they're going to listen to it more so, and they're not going to feel as defensive.
1: I think, yeah, and this is so delicate. It's important, but it's also so delicate. And I would say, never feel like you have free reign to be the one to just point out everything your spouse is doing wrong. So So there are times for constructive criticism, but if if you see it as your job to point out everything they're doing wrong and you're constantly the one that's nagging or correcting or criticizing, then it's just gonna crush your spouse's soul and they're gonna feel like, I can't do anything right, I can't please this woman, I can't please this man you've got to encourage 10 times as much as you point out anything that they're doing wrong. Now, when constructive criticism comes, even though it can be painful to hear from a spouse, you've got to assume the best in your spouse. Assume that because they love me, they're telling me this. It's because they love me that they're pointing this out, and I want to receive it as an act of love, that they're telling me this um, for for my good and not my harm. And if you'll receive it that way, then it can lead to some really positive conversations and help Keep any anger at bay or or help keeping you from lashing out, saying, Well, maybe I do that, but you do this, and it turns into a, a fight when it really doesn't have to.
2: It's so true. You know, like, just like Dave said, we've got to have more affirmations. And, and just more gratefulness in our marriage than we do any kind of criticism. And you know, when you have a marriage where you're constantly filling each other up and encouraging one another, when those times of constructive criticism come, they just aren't the blows that they could be if there's not that encouragement
1: right. in your marriage. Because you know you're loved.
2: Exactly, like for example, and this is kind of a silly example, but I am terrible at charging the devices in our home. I'm terrible.
1: It is true. I mean, like it's every, ridiculous. Every phone in our house is, is dead all the time. Like It I,
2: is, and my kids listen, are the same way. They take after me.
1: If I ever die, I need you to go immediately to my house and check on my family because all the phones will be dead within an hour and they won't know what to do. They won't know how to plug them in to call so anybody. True. So you need to, to check I on do. them. I do, and
2: let me tell you, years ago, Dave just kind of took me aside and he's like, sweetie, listen, because it really frustrates him, and he would—he he just was very I'll calmly. Call, like
1: for an hour. What's wrong? Oh, my phone was dead. I'm like, how? Like this is the easiest he's thing. Like, it's so easy,
2: but you know, it's just one of those things where it's very valuable to him to have everything just charged up, <laughs> and it's very practical too. I'm—I'm I'm saying he's right it's here. Practical. Okay, he should things should be charged up. But it's like, I wasn't seeing the value in it. And so I've tried to do a better job, I'm still working on it, of seeing the value in keeping our devices charged up. Now, I know most of the issues that we're talking about. It's silly. But let me tell you, it it is an example of when something just gets under your skin and there's gonna be stuff where you value it a lot more than your spouse. Right,
1: and I I value this more, of having things charged up. And so I've just realized, you know what? Instead of always harping on it, like I'm just gonna step in and, and serve in this way. And so- like I just say, I'm gonna serve and I, I plug in I plug in devices all day. It's just part of how I serve. it's part of what I do. And, and instead of me resenting the fact that they're dead, I just look at it as an opportunity to serve. And now that's a little thing, but I think those same principles can apply can to much apply. bigger Absolutely. things
2: in marriage. It's so true. And so Dave, you know, in his grace and mercy has not lashed <laughs> down at us. Instead, he's tried to serve us in plugging in our phones, but he's also at those times when he needs us to, he's very kind about it. So be kind to your spouse, always lead with kindness and always assume the best. You know, we would love to hear from you guys on this issue. So reach out to us at marriagetoday.com. We'll but make you sure your
1: time. device is plugged in so you have yes. enough charge to actually read the articles. And That's once right. it's once it's plugged in, <laughs> check us out at marriagetoday.com. And we'll see you next time. Hi, guys. Thanks. guys.
0: We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast, and we want to let you know about another marriage podcast with Dave and Ashley Willis called Naked Marriage, where they talk about real and raw marriage topics like sex, communication, openness, and more in a fun, lighthearted atmosphere. Search for Naked Marriage with Dave and Ashley Willis in iTunes
1: and start listening today.